Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. friends on this Saturday morning. Good morning. I don't know about you, but I know I wanted to stay in bed this morning. I could have slept another couple of hours, <laughs> but I needed to get up. I needed to press forward. And I basically know I'm exhausted because of um, things that I was doing yesterday. Um, you know, when you don't exercise for a long time with your body, and you start to exercise all over again or do walking, extensive walking or lifting or whatever, your body feels it. <laughs> so it's telling me I got to get back into uh, work, working out a little bit, doing some exercising because my body, just as much as my spiritual health, needs to be healthy as well. So my friends, we are going to continue where we left off last week. We are, as you know, in the book of Hosea. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we welcome you. And for those that have been following us for a while now, we thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. We are in chapter 13 in the book of Hosea. And as I've said a couple of weeks ago, we are almost going to be ending this book in another couple of weeks. And uh, this book has been very um, challenging for many of us because when we read it, it really, you know, gets to our minds of, wow, all this was really happening back then. And then we comparing it to what's happening to us today. So we're like, hey, something's going on here, right? I see similarities in what I'm dealing with in my life today. And it also gives us an understanding and a warning sign of things we could avoid. So that way we don't fall into the same problems or same traps that the children of Israel fell into. We know how to somehow, you know, seek the Lord for his ultimate guidance and the things we want to avoid doing that they also did back then at the time of Hosea. So we're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, we're just going to do a, a quick recap. Uh, last week we covered about, you know, how uh, the children of Israel, Ephraim, the tribes, they put themselves on their own uh, pedestals. They had to face consequences, right? They worshipped other gods, um, which for them at the time was temporary enjoyment. But that happiness that they felt at the time did not last long. And um, because, as you know, my friends, happiness could be here today and gone tomorrow. But the joy of the Lord will always be here with us. And they forgot about God. You know, uh, they took for granted his blessings. And... You know, God will um, 
make sure that they will face consequences. We've been talking about that for a couple of weeks now. You know, because when Israel continued to uh, receive judgment, you know, from the Lord, it was necessary for the Lord to get their attention. It was necessary for the Lord to say, this has to stop right here. You know the phrase when they say, the buck stops here? <laughs> well, God was like, the buck stops here, my friends. You can't continue to do this. You need to face some consequences. I have given you tremendous warning signs. I've told you what to do, what not to do. But you just keep doing what you want to do. So we're going to pick up in verse 9 in chapter 13 of Hosea. And this is what it says. Oh, Israel, you are destroyed, but your help is from me. I will be your king. Where is any other? That he may save you in all your cities. And your judges to whom you said, give me a king and princess. I gave you a king in my anger, and I took him away in my wrath. The inequity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is stored up. The sorrows of a woman and childbirth shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long where children are born. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O oh, death, I will be your plagues. O oh, grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. Though he is fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come. The wind of the Lord shall come upon from the wilderness. Then his spring shall become dry, and his foundation shall be dried up. He shall plunder the treasury of every desirable prize. Samaria is held guilty, for she has rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their woman with child ripped open. Father, my goodness, thank you so much for this word, Lord. You are really pinpointing to us whew, major consequences and major actions that you're going to take against. At the time, your people here in Hosea, this community. And Father, we know that we can read this word and we can apply it to our lives today. We can read this word and know that if we're in any of these situations, we have an opportunity to repent, confess our sins, and run back to you. And we've never known you to now get to know you and have relationship with you. So we thank you for your word. Amen. You know, my friends, we just keep seeing, right, how God is just making it very clear to Hosea to be the messenger to tell the community, this is what's going on. This is what's happened. This is what's going to happen. So my friends, when it starts to say here, oh, Israel, you are destroyed, but your help is from me. In other words, you're messed up. You're a mess. <laughs> you know how when they say it to us, you're a mess. Get your act together. But your help is from me, meaning I'm the God saying, I am the one who can restore you. I am the one who can help you. I can I'm the one who can help clean up this mess that you put yourself in. I will be your king. Where is any other? that he may save you in all your cities. In other words, there's no one else that's going to come to the rescue. 
I, your heavenly father, who love you so much, who created you, I'm the only one who can take you out of this dilemma. I'm the only one who can, once you, I clean you up from this mess, can you put you right back on the good track that you're supposed to be on? I'm the only one who can give you what you need. No other king, no other God, no one else can do this but me. And my friends, you know, in life today, we're constantly trying to find that thing or that person that can help us, right? That can give us what we think we need to in, in our situation. And we learn in society, especially today, that there's no one coming to the rescue. How many of us can say that, man, I really went through a tough time and there was no one around me. None of my friends came to visit me. You know, none of my friends even came to bring me food when I couldn't, I was so sick and I couldn't, you know, get food for myself. Or, you know, none of my friends, um, you know, even picked up the phone to see how I was doing. You know, we can share stories about times in our lives when we're like, there's no one coming to my rescue. However, our Heavenly Father can come to our rescue and he always comes to our rescue. And it says here, and your judges to whom you said, give me a king and princess, I gave you a king in my anger and I took him away in my wrath. In other words, you know, when the, the community at the time of Hosea and even prior to that was saying, hey, you know what? Um, if we're so radical, if, we, if we're such a mess, if we don't know what we're doing, if we don't know how, how to follow the rules and regulations, if we don't know how to be disciplined, if we don't know how to do the right thing, just put somebody over us. Put someone over us that can, like, set us on track, you know, um, guide us, be a good leader, blah, 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 right? And then God knowing that, hey, maybe I shouldn't put a leader over you because the leader you might be requesting or wanting, you know, because a lot of times people are like, yeah, let's make this guy, you know, uh, the king. Back then they used to say, yeah, let's make this guy the king. He seems like a good fellow. He seems like, you know, he comes from a great background family. He seems like he's got it all together. And God would be like listening to them and going, I don't think that's the right person because that's not the person I would pick to be in that position. Because <laughs> God knows everybody's heart. What we see as humans in the outside people's presentation, what they look like, their face, their body, their hands, you know, how they dress is one thing. But, God, but we need to see people beyond that front presentation. We need to see them inwardly and what is it exactly the way they think, the way they act, the way they're feeling, the way they respond. God knows all those things. So because God knows all those things, right, he would know that that is not the person. But the community would at times, you know, say, God, just give us that person. And he did. And the same way he gave them the king. A lot of those kings were not good kings. They were not good leaders. They didn't instruct or lead the community correctly. They came and if anything, they did things their own way, which really 
hurt the community. And this is something that we have to remember, my friends, because it says it here and took him away my wrath. In other words, when I came in like a tyrant, says <laughs> the Lord, and I wiped everything out, and I and, and you know I had nations come in and, and take over things, they took over those kings too. They did away with them. Because ultimately, God is the one who can come to our defense and help us in our time of trouble. Even when he knows at times we've placed ourselves there. God is a merciful God. And as long as we ask him for forgiveness, and as long as we surrender back to him our hearts and our lives, he can restore us, my friends. He can help us. He can rebuild us. But a lot of us have problems of surrendering. And that's why many of us go around in life never being able to be fully restored. Because we, we're just doing our own thing. We don't care. Like We're just like, whatever. I'll just deal with it. I know I put myself in this situation. I'll just deal with it. I'm not going to go back to God and say to him, God, I know I screwed up. Please help me. We have pride. That's pride that sets in into our skin, into our bones, into our minds, our spirit, and our soul, which stops us from ultimately being released from whatever oppression or whatever we're dealing with that God can then come and help us with. But it's ultimately God who can come in and do a drastic movement, a drastic change, a drastic cleansing of the mess that I spoke about earlier. And it says, the inequity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is stored up. The sorrows of a woman and childbirth shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long where children are born. You know, we spoke about Ephraim before. Ephraim was part of one of the tribes, specific tribes, the God-chosen tribes. And, um, you know, they were bound up because um, they were in sin. They were going against God's word, God's commandments. And, you know, one thing that we have to remember is that God made sure they faced consequences and they faced it hard. And when he gives the example here of the sorrows of a woman and childbirth shall come upon him. You know, I have never physically ever had a child. I have stepchildren and stepgrandkids. But there's one thing that I've heard from many stories of my sisters and my aunts and my friends who have had children, that in the moment of giving childbirth, it is the pain, they've, one of the pains that they've never had in their lives, that they will never forget, number one, they will never forget the feeling of how it affected their body, and they definitely will never forget the moments that they thought they were going to die during childbirth. That's how painful it is. So imagine God giving an illustration here, an example of what it is they're going to face. They're going to face major pain because of what they've done at the time of Hosea. And you know, there are many of us that we could look at this today and go, you know what? God is still on the throne. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. And if we're not paying him any attention, if we're not paying him any mind, if we're not, you know, surrendering to him, if we have walked away from him, if we have, you know, broken his commandments or we are breaking his commandments and we're not doing anything about it to repent 
he sees it he has the right he will come in he we will face consequences he, he will hold us accountable and we may have to face things just like it said here the sorrows of a woman in childbirth shall come upon him we're gonna face some tough times i'm gonna be in a lot of pain so my friends, you know, one way you can avoid to be in a lot of pain, now I'm not saying we still don't go through struggles in life, but man, if you know you have done wrong, turn away from your wicked ways and uh, come back to God so he can restore you. And he is unwise. He is an unwise son for he should not stay long where children are born. You know, we are always asking God for wisdom. You know, that's something that we're constantly asking God for. God, give me wisdom so I know how to make the right choices in my life. So that I know how to be aware of my surroundings, what's happening. You know, what I should do, the choices I should make, the decisions I should make. The decisions I should tell myself, like, that's not a good choice. Stop doing that. Don't go there. You know, and when you are an unwise son, you are just not... In a, in a mind of a brain that is thinking wisely, is making the right choices, right? Um, and that's how they find themselves when they are going to have pain um, and then they have no knowledge. They have no um, strong sense of what to do, strong sense of where to go, how to lead, how to do anything. And technically, you know, you shouldn't stay there long. You know, when we're born as babies and we grow up, we are developing. God is developing us with how, with more knowledge. As a child, if any of you who have had children and see babies when they're growing up, you start to see how that child is developing, how smart the child is becoming, or how lay clumsy back the child is being. You know, so you push the child a little bit more. Like, you start to see the trends and the actions and how your child responds to certain things. And you start to early on see, like, you know, my child is really going to, by the time they get to kindergarten, know all the ABCs, know how to do sentences, know how to answer questions, know how to just be like starting on the track of getting educated because you've uh, education prior to preschool has already taken place. You already see them develop. And you know that once you place them in school, they're going to continue to build on that development of education and, and awareness and wisdom. But we're not supposed to always be there, especially as adults. You know, God wants us to grow every day. Have you ever heard the phrase when it says, you know, I'm a babe in Christ, right? When I first, I remember, gave my life over to the Lord, I would say that. I'm like, I'm a new babe in Christ because I am just learning the new walk. God had me by his holding my hand. I was just starting to learn what the life with Christ was about. Um, and I was starting to learn about more about his word and reading the Bible and being in relationship with him. And I ultimately went from being a babe in Christ, you know, to being a, a young child, a, a young uh, junior in Christ, then ultimately, you know, to a young adult in Christ, and then now to an adult in Christ. And I'm about to go into seniors. I'm already a senior citizen. 
<laughs> you know, uh, walk with the Lord. So we have to, we cannot go back to being babies. We cannot go back to being unwise. Once you have received the goodness of the Lord in your life, once you receive the um, Holy Spirit that operates in you, you know, more wisdom will come into your life, more reveal, more revelation will come into your life, providing you are in, you know, a good standing that you're every day in communication with your Heavenly Father and seeking Him more and more. God doesn't want us to go back like babies, like we were before, with the walk with Him and the relationship. He wants us to prosper and thrive and press through and progress in our journey with Him in relationship. He doesn't want us to be going back as babies. He wants us developing as grown adults that we are learning so much from him. That's why even young children today um, have received a special gift from the Lord. Because that child has been developed in such a way that they are almost functioning as an adult already in their childhood. And that is a, a child with a special gift and anointing that God has given them. And we need to be seeing that as an example. <laughs> because God can give us so much wisdom. It's just we have to be willing to accept it and receive it and cherish it. Because it's ultimately Him who can set us into a place of right track mindset, you know, good way of thinking, good, you know, when they say good vibes only, right? Proper positive way of thinking. And then it says here, I will ransom them for the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Oh, death, I will be your plagues. Oh, grave, I will be your, I will be your destruction. Pity is hitting, hidden from my eyes. You know, Here's the problem, my my friends, because at the end of the day, we have to look at this and say, you know, what 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 is God really talking about? You know, like in other words, like where is your punishment? Uh, I will redeem them from death. Like in other words, like once these people <laughs> have gone downhill ever hear that expression everything is just going downhill at an expedient expedient rate of speed right um you're just saying to yourself well how how am i going to you know how am i going to survive from this you know ultimately our heavenly father comes in and will redeem us because he knows that we have set ourselves to be in a place of destruction, of chaos, to be in a place where we're just about to almost meet death, right? Um, And as you know, when Christ died on the cross, you know, death was defeated, right? Um, And when he died on the cross for our sins, you know, we were redeemed because that's how much he loves us. And when we even see here the reference to this in Hosea, in this community, prior even to the time of Jesus, which is in the later, in the, in the, in the New Testament, 
you know, God was always looking for a way to help his children, because we are all his children, to redeem us from the things that we have set us set ourselves up with that can lead us to death. And most of all, you know, he wants, he's, he takes over death. He takes over the grave. He will destroy um, anything that's attacking us. He will destroy anything that has us in bondage. He will destroy anything that has placed us from mon- in running away from him. Because God has pity on us. You know, and even though times, you know, when it says pity is hidden from my eyes, there are times that the Lord, you know, will pity you, but then he's got to say, but I still need you to go through this lesson, right? I still need you to experience um, the repercussions of what you've done. And then God ultimately is still there to embrace you. That's why it's beautiful to see someone broken. Now you must be saying, Antonia, how can you say that? I can say that because through my own experience of brokenness, that's when I was at the feet of the throne of God. That's when I was like weeping on Jesus' feet, right? I was literally surrendering to him in my brokenness. I was weeping um, and embracing and um, asking for forgiveness in areas of my life that I knew I had done wrong. And I was just asking God to help me. I was asking Jesus to, you know, um, please, 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 Jesus. I used to say at the time, give me strength. Give me, uh, you know, help me in this situation. And because in the brokenness, my friends, this is when we run even more back to God. Sometimes in the brokenness, people run the other way. They don't run back to God and they get into more brokenness. (laughs) But in the long run, when you're broken and you have nothing else, that's an opportunity for you to run back right back to God. And it says here, though he is fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come. The wind of the Lord shall come up from the wilderness. Then his spring shall become dry, and his fountain shall be dried up. He shall plunder the treasury of every desirable prize. You know, at the time of Hosea and everything that was going on, people were were being given uh, and receiving uh a lot of things in their lives, you know, like it says here, though he is fruitful among his brother, meaning, you know, you ever see that person in, in your life that it's like, or even that one family member that they're always thriving, they're always, um, you know, they always have money, or they always have a good job, or they always have a favor in a lot of areas of their lives. We see them, um, and we're like, wow, this is very interesting, like, you know, that you could see the distinction between family members, how one family member might be really poor, another family member might be really rich, or, or another family member might be very well off. I mean, sometimes you could see this among brothers, and you can also see this among your friends. Like, you know what I mean? Because we all have different lives. We, we're all 
going through different stages of things that we're developing in and things that God is blessing us with. And even though those things could be fruitful in the moment, you know, could be really good. uh, And each wind shall come, the wind of the Lord shall come upon from the wilderness, then his spring shall become dry. In other words, God can come in and sweep it all the way. You know, I tell, you know, the same way that God could give you a blessing, he can take it away. I don't know if you guys know that. The same way God can give you a blessing, he can take it away. We have seen God take blessings away from many people in today's generation. That we have seen flourish, we've seen them rise in status, we've seen them acquire so many things, and then something major happens in their lives. Um, they, they bring in sin, they do wickedness, whatever the case may be. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, all of a sudden you see, they just, just lose it all because the same way God gave them the blessing, God could take it away. We need to be very thoughtful about that. We need to be very mindful of that. That's why whatever blessing God has given you, you've got to cherish it. You've got to nurture it. You've got to take care of it. You've got to respect it. You have to love on it. And you have to protect it. Whatever blessing God has given you, you must every day be acting on it. Because here's the thing, my friends. The blessings that the Lord places upon our lives is for us to enjoy. The blessings that he's given us is for us to testify to other people the blessing he's given us. The blessings that he gives us is to give us an opportunity to sustain our lives, right? Um, How many of us can say that, man, we were really in the pit. God took us out and he placed us in paradise, in a new place, a new beginning. And you're now all of a sudden in overflow, Those blessings are blessings that we must respect. We must cherish. But what happens is because we may have brought those things on upon ourselves, if they were not given to us by the Lord uh, because of our own wickedness and the things we've done in our lives to gain it. So although we may have done what we did and we, we did it our way and now we have whatever we think we have of everything that's wonderful, Our Heavenly Father can come and take it away from us. Because at the end of the day, if it's going to destroy you, my friends, God doesn't want you to be fully destroyed. Now, some of you are saying, but how could that be? You just told us he's willing to take it away. He's willing to allow it to, to work, you know, to happen. Yes. But ultimately, God loves all his children. Even when we mess up tremendously, he loves us. It's our will of what we decide to do in knowing that we've done wrong. And are we willing to turn around and face him and say, Lord, I messed up. You're right. I did, I did that. Yep, I shouldn't have done that. You know, because he's always there by the side of us, waiting for us to confess, waiting for us to repent, waiting for us to ask for forgiveness. There are so many things that we are so 
easily given to be able to do, but a lot of us stop ourselves from doing it. That's why it says here, you shall plunder the treasury of every desirable prize. And prior to that said, and his fountain shall be dried up. Many times, when you get dried up, my friends, you lose it all. You're starting now back from basics. You're starting right back to the drawing board, back to the beginning. You now may have to work even harder to gain it. Because the things of the desires of our hearts and the things we've always wanted, you know, if they don't come from our Heavenly Father and they're coming from other things that is not of His of our Heavenly Father, we have to be very careful, my friends, because we can find ourselves in this situation. That's why there are times that I know that if I'm not um, given something by the Lord, that I've heard the Lord's voice give it, say, this is for you, and then I find myself, wait a minute, you know, like someone else is offering it to me, I have to really like sit down and say, Lord, that person is offering something to me that you haven't offered to me yet. Are you using that person to offer it to me? Or is it that that's coming from the enemy? You know what I mean? I'll have that conversation with my Heavenly Father to make sure, like, what's going on? And when my Heavenly Father then comes out and says, oh, that's not from me. That's from the enemy. Then I know to say, I don't want to be, I don't want any of that. No, thank you. I already know the answer to give. And that's why these things will dry up if we pursue the things that are not of God. And we may gain, you know, finances. We might gain, you know, financial stability. We might gain, you know, um, a lot of friends. We might gain, you know, uh, uh, promotions and statuses. But at the end of the day, if they're not from God, if you're doing something to compromise, to, you know, uh, wickedness of some sort, if you, you know, deceived yourself, lied on your resume, if you, whatever it is that you've done, you know, it could be great in the moment, but when God comes and dries it all up, takes it away, you're not going to have those things anymore. You know, and sometimes that's why people say, well, I don't know what happened. No, you know what happened. You were there the whole time. You know what happened. (laughs) Sometimes we try to say, like, we don't know what happened. We know what happened. We were there. We knew everything, every decision we made, every choice we made. You know, there was a situation a couple of years ago where a friend of mine was like, I signed this contract and they took me for granted. And I said, did you read the contract? And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, well, if you read it and, you, and you're saying this section says this, then why did you sign it? Oh, because I needed the money at the time. And I just, you know, I needed to be like showing like I was doing, you know, I was proactively still working or something. I'm like, precisely. You, saw, you knew what you were signing. You knew what you were setting yourself up for. You knew what you were going to get and not get. You knew what you were going to get paid and not get paid. Right? We were there. She was there. She signed it. She saw it. She read it. Right? So this is why I always say, like, we have to be very um, aware, my friends, of everything. And here's the thing. And I keep saying this over and over again. If God has blessed you with something, especially when he took you out 
of the mud, quicksand, the ditch, wherever you were, and he blesses you again. He lifts you up, you know, and he just places you in a new beginning and a new opportunity, a second chance of life. You need to be a good steward of that blessing. But what was happening here at the time of Hosea is that everybody was turning away from God. Everybody was doing their own thing. The blessings that now they were getting, they were getting on on their own accord. And they were like bragging about it. You know what I mean? Or some of the blessings that God had given them, they were taking it for granted. They squandered it. They hoarded it. That's another thing. We get blessings from the Lord. So if there's an abundance overflow of a blessing, we can share with other people. It's not for us to hoard it. And a lot of us do that. We hoard things because we're like, well, God gave it to me. Why should I share it with you? (laughs) Because God blesses us so we can bless other people. Especially when we know people need it. So an example would be, if I know I have 20 cans of beans and someone comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I'm thinking about cooking some rice and but I'm missing some beans. I'm like, no worries. Here's two cans, two or three cans. Why? Because I got 20 and it's okay to give three away and only have 17. I still have an overflow abundance. And who knows, maybe someone else that God will put in my life will then bless me with something else. If you ever notice uh, the blessing, my friend, the blessing goes from hand to hand. That's why when some people are blessed and you're around them, you start getting blessed too. And if you realize that, you realize that people who bless you are blessed people. And if you can then bless someone else, then you're blessed. Then it says here, Samara is held guilty for she has rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed in pieces and their women with child ripped open. You know, um, they're going to come in like tyrants. They're going to literally destroy the people who are held accountable and are guilty for the crimes they've committed, for the wickedness they've committed, for the sexual immorality they've committed, and for the worshiping of other gods that they've committed against God's commandment. Those people will face consequences and they're going to face it hard. It's worse than the people who will face, for Ephraim's people, the childbirth pains. (laughs) It's worse because then they're going to come in and they're going to destroy the people. God is going to allow people to be destroyed. And God, at many times in the Bible, when we read some of the stories of how his children rebelled against him, how he let other nations come in and destroy them, how he let other nations come in and oppress them. 
you know, well, there's been many times when I have been able to see or hear someone's life being destroyed. Whether that is, it was a simple destruction and you're like, what's that a simple destruction? Something as simple as someone just died in their sleep. Something as simple as, you know, someone got, you know, shot. Someone got stabbed, right? And you're like, how are those simple? Because it was just a one too quick thing. It happened quickly. And a drastic where people had to go through a lot of torture. Um, physic torture, physical torture mental torture, right? That ultimately also destroyed their lives. And because of the things they've done, there are many people today that are guilty of the things they've done. And they won't repent. They'll continue to do what they're doing. They'll continue to hide the secret they've been hiding for a lot of years. And what happens is, because they rebelled against God, and they still continue to do so, they will also fall. Now, in the time of Hosea, they shall fall by the sword, it says here. Because nations back then, that's how they always fought fought against one another, uh, was with the sword. And when we look at it today, you may not fall by the sword, but you're going to fall by something else. And whether that is you go insane... Whether that is that, you know, you have a drastic accident of some sort. You know, only God knows the way you're going to go out. But in this scripture, when it says Samaria is held guilty for she has rebelled against God. When you rebel against God, you will face harsh consequences, my friends. And I'm here to tell you that there is still time for you to turn away from your wicked ways. There is still time for you to confess what you've done. There is still time for you to surrender your life over to Jesus Christ. And there is still time for you to have relationship with Christ. And see what your real purpose on this earth is is meant to be because many of us right now we're not walking in the true purpose that God wants for our lives and when you find what your true purpose is my friends you're free 
Now, some of you say, well, I still haven't found my purpose, but I've been walking with the Lord. I know you have. And the beauty about that is that because you are walking with the Lord and you haven't fully found out yet what the purpose is, it's because he's equipping you and preparing you for what is to come for you to fulfill your everyday purpose in this life. But I'm sure that right now, even the Lord is using you in ways that you might not realize to fulfill purpose. And it could just be as simple as that your neighbor says, hey, when my daughter gets home from school, she's going to get here 15 minutes, you know, before I get here from work. Can you watch her? And you're like, of course. That's purpose. You're being used for something specific and useful and needed so my friends look we read this passage of scripture because this is very deep and let the holy spirit speak to you of how this is for you in your life so my friends i look forward to sharing the word again with you again next week enjoy the rest of your weekend stay encouraged stay strong Know that the Lord loves you, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you again next week, where we will rise and shine with the Word of God, wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.